1: This podcast is brought to you in collaboration with Exalt. Exalt are a brand that provide juices and shakes from all raw, fresh and natural ingredients and they're designed by nutritional experts. They're a brand that actually reached out to me a couple of months ago. The first thing I did was Google what they're about and their mission, etc. And the the first line of their mission statement read, Food fuels our physical, mental and emotional well-being. And straight away, I kind of knew that they're a brand that very much aligns with what we're about at Eat, Look, Feel. They have a strong focus on sustainability, the mission, the values, the people. They're just a genuinely very, very impressive brand. Throughout my coaching, I talk a lot about creating convenience and enjoyment through your nutrition to create sustainability. And I think what Exalt are doing is exactly that. They provide ready-to-drink shakes that are super convenient and full of good nutrition. So if you do see Excel about, give them a go. I can genuinely recommend them, both the products and the brand. Another collaboration that we're very grateful to have on this podcast is with Pure Sport. Pure Sport are the UK's leading CBD and natural wellness brand. They have a strong focus on honesty, community, and creating natural products to help prevent injury, illness, and sustain general health. I personally have used their products for a very long time now. The staples that I use are the CBD oil, which I find really helps me downregulate at night and, and actually improves my sleep, and the muscle and joint balm, which I use for general maintenance and if I have any sort of muscular niggles. They're a brand that do things properly, so if any of their products align with you and your goals, I do recommend using. You'll be able to find the link to the products that Pure Sport offer in the bio to this episode. Welcome to the Eat, Look, Feel podcast. This podcast is here to delve into inspirational and aspirational guests' personal health, digging a little bit deeper into how they approach their nutrition, their training, and their mindset, all of the ideas to create better for themselves. Please subscribe and please do share with anyone who you think might find this valuable. As usual, create better always, the Eat, Look, Feel team. This week's episode is with Ben Smith. Ben is a gut health expert and is the founder of Live, which is a gut health coaching platform. In this episode, we cover why gut health is important for your physical and mental health, the two main causes of poor gut health, and the actionable changes you can make to clean up your own gut health. So without further ado, this is Ben Smith. Ben, good morning.
0: Good morning, mate, how are you doing?
1: Very well, thank you for coming on. I know you're a busy man, so I do appreciate your time. Pleasure. The way I like to start the podcast, is to ask you, how would you define health? So what does health look like to you? What does being healthy mean?
0: Yeah, this is a, a very tricky one. I think there's kind of two sides to it for me. First and foremost, I think health is kind of the driving force of, of everything that we do. So I always use the example of kind of our health and well-being being the kind of the vessel that allows us to kind of carry out our wider purpose in life or whatever it is whether that be on the kind of performance side of things athletic or just your day-to-day lifestyle but kind of health is what is what really just drives you and allows you to just function at your best and then the second one is a, is a kind of a little bit different and that's just for me having good health is just having the choice of moderation um i think for so many people just that having that choice I, i'm kind of quite a a big advocate of, of balance and building a lifestyle that you can kind of see yourself sustaining forever. And I think a massive part of that is uh, striving to, to to find that place where you just have the choice of moderation. Um, and with that, might come short or even long-term sacrifices if you've got some kind of health issue or something to navigate. But I know, especially for me, kind of as a coach, my end goal, the intention, is to try and give people back that that choice of moderation, so they can kind of decide what balance really means to them.
1: Yeah, I like it. It's almost like periodization in a way.
0: Yeah, I mean, sometimes that's why. For me, for example, the coaching plan I have the gut reset. I see it's like a short term, uh, like a short term lifestyle. It's not your. The intention is that you're not trying to live that way for the rest of your life, but it might be that a period of short term sacrifice, like you said, periodization, it might be required to get you back to that place where you can start to make kind of more balanced choices again.
1: So tell us a little bit more about yourself, Ben. So you know your background, how you made the journey, sort of from where you from where you started. I know you obviously went through some some problems with your gut, which obviously inevitably never to be led to where yeah. you are today, to being a gut specialist. So yeah, give us a little bit more about you and your journey.
0: Yeah, so I was already always very inve- like invested in especially nutrition, um, but just kind of wider health and well-being and never really had kind of a specific niche or kind of direct interest uh, until I was kind of thrusted into a situation of having poor gut holes myself. So I basically went away to, to Turkey, had a bit of like developed a bit of an imbalance, You might, what you might consider just very minor gut problems, a little bit of bloating. And for someone that, who kind of never really had bloating before, this was a little bit of a cause for concern, but nothing crazy. And then a kind of a process that we're all very familiar with. I, I went to the doctors and I was given a prescription uh, of antibiotics. He basically said that your symptoms are persistent, here's an extended course or 10 day course. Um, and I didn't really think anything of it, and so I took the antibiotics and it kind of thrusted me into what well, thrusted my gut into chaos basically. Within a matter of days, I looked like I was. Six months pregnant, I was completely knocked for six. I couldn't tolerate any foods, and it started to kind of feed into all areas of kind of my health and well being. I couldn't sleep properly, my skin was irritated. Um, so I think this is kind of the important point I always try and uh, get across to people is that you don't quite understand how important gut health is until uh, something starts to, to go wrong. So hopefully, throughout this podcast, we can kind of convince people to take it more seriously so they never have to get into that situation um but like i said because i was all i already had such a keen interest in nutrition and kind of taking control of my own health and well-being i just decided to navigate the situation myself um, because i would provide very little support basically and once i was over able to overcome that i felt like i kind of just had knowledge that almost needed to needed to be shared uh, i think once you've First of all, there's no greater motivation to, like, unpick, uh, especially in my case, gut health, than when you have kind of an issue yourself and you're trying to just sort your own shit out, basically. Um, And then once I was able to overcome it, just, I I feel like there's a bit of a moral obligation there to try and pass on some of that knowledge, just because the way we approach gut health right now is, um, yeah shaky at best and I think there's just so little known about it and uh there's a lot of kind of catching up to do so yeah basically I set up over the course of uh a year or two I set up my coaching platform live which is just where we try and provide that support that people don't have and that's just that holistic natural lifestyle support of those basic things everyone has to do like nutrition exercise lifestyle mindset which I'm sure you kind of uh, resonate with a lot yourself um so that's kind of but yeah, been a slow, slow journey and it's kind of been in line with with the rise in attention in the public eye of gut health. But when I first started out, people didn't really engage with even my social media content. It didn't it didn't really hit well with people and it's only really been in the last kind of year, eighteen months that people were starting to kind of understand that it's important. You see gut healthy food labels and all that kind of stuff. Um, so it's kind of yeah, gone hand in hand with um, with the rise in the public eye, if you will.
1: I completely agree with the message that is something that we and I talk about a lot is the whole prevention beats rehabilitation. And I think it's just, it's, it's so sort of specific to so many different areas of health with injury and just general health and illness. Gut health's another massive one. Like you said, you, you don't realise the importance of gut health until that's taken away from you. And then you quickly realise it's quite an important factor
0: that basic example of when you get a runny nose, it's only then that you appreciate how good it feels to breathe normally. <laughs> it's like on a small scale, that's what it is.
1: From your personal journey, you mentioned that you went on to antibiotics when you were sort of suffering with the yeah. the gut health problems. Is that something yeah. that, that made it worse? And then you came off the antibiotics and started sort of trying to fix it through your personal nutrition? How did that sort of journey pan out for you? How did, it, how did you sort of get from the antibiotics to realizing that actually there was potentially a more natural way of going about it
0: yeah it was a, a very tricky situation because I started taking the antibiotics. my gut told my, pardon the pun my gut told me not to take the antibiotics but I kind of took it anyway just because all the support that I was given like le- led me that way uh, and within a matter of days I could see the effects like the poor effects but you're kind of told And everything you might read online says that maybe these are like die-off effects. It might be a sign of it working. You're also kind of strongly encouraged not to stop antibiotics midway through the course. So from my side, I just had to see out the course. And it was crazy. A year or two later, I read in in one of the leading gut health books, and it kind of specifically listed the, the antibiotic I took as being very kind of like broad scale in terms of it just wiping out, a hell of a lot of bacteria that you don't necessarily want it to be wiping out so from my side with it being an extended course it just kind of like wiped me out basically and i think i, I basically went back to the doctors and this is where the support kind of ended because they they said I'm, I'm sorry this has happened there's not really much we can do but here's a repeat prescription they gave me a repeat prescription of laxatives for life basically and we like take this prescription and you can go and get like la- pick up a box of laxatives anytime you want. And for me, that's not really that was never really um a, a meaningful solution. That wasn't really a solution to the problem. Um, which is so unfortunate because so even so many people I I work with now, like in many cases people take that prescription and just kind of like they don't really know anything else because it's very easy for people like you and i who are very kind of like clued up within the like health and well-being space it's very easy for us to to know that there are kind of alternatives but it's crazy because for many people they don't actually know what else there is out there so for me it was just a it just led to a period of kind of really kind of exploring the research and everything that that i could find out there um about gut health so um yeah like i said there was no greater motivation to, to do so than when you're kind of suffering yourself but it really was kind of a personal exploration journey both learning through the research and also what i was finding to work for myself which obviously later had to transition into into applying that to other people which obviously it's a well and good if you can help yourself but helping other people is another kettle of fish um so yeah it it really was kind of um a a period of just patience uh it's 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 one of those situations where i the analogy i always use with your gut is it's like a garden you 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 plant the seeds and you don't go out the next day and expect there to be full-grown flower you've got to water it it's got to see sunlight oxygen all that other stuff And most of all, it just needs patience. So as a whole, unless you take antibiotics, it can be a slow process to get gut issues, but it can also be a slow process to overcome them. And obviously antibiotics is one of those situations where it kind of like accelerates that process. But coming out of it is all the same, a very slow process. So it just required a lot of patience, basically.
1: I think what could be valuable for listeners is if we strip it right back. So let's go absolute basics of gut health. Why is gut health important?
0: Yeah, I guess that the best place to start would be what maybe gut health or even the gut is. So in, in basic terms, your, your gut is your digestive system. So you think from the moment food enters your mouth to when it comes out the other side and everything that comes in between and how your body uses and processes what you are consuming, that is, in essence, your gut. So Gut health is just some, about so much more. I know a lot of people will immediately think about just the way their stomach feels, especially things like bloating, but there really is so much more to it than that. Um, it's such a complex system that is connected to kind of every every area of your health and well-being and all of the major organs within your body. So um, the, the health of your gut really comes down to the, the bacteria or the balance of bacteria inside of it. The integrity of the lining of your gut, so a kind of staggering figure, if you will, is that 70 to 80% of your immune system is found in the lining of your gut, which is one cell thick. And then also just how it functions. So you think from from what you are, a lot of people think about what they consume, but not necessarily how their body is getting what they need from it. So that's why, if you're suffering from a gut issue, you might not actually be able to get what you need from the food that you're eating, so this could lead to like nutrient deficiencies and all kinds of other issues um But I know that kind of the 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 areas that are a little bit less obvious, just things like your mental health and your your hormones, all things like this the like your gut and the its ecosystem produce an enormous amount of the neurotransmitters in your body which affect your emotions. So like I said, your hormones, uh, including like thyroid, estrogen, testosterone, all these factors, which you wouldn't necessarily pin down to what's going on in your stomach are massively affected by uh, like what's going on. And like I said, it's not quite, it's not really until you, you suffer from an issue that you understand, like a lot of people don't necessarily make the connection between like your mental health and your gut until maybe you have like a really severe issue where it's obvious you've got bloating, it's it's like you can almost visibly see that there's something going on down there, and then you start to make the connections. But for so many people, it can fly under the radar. You might not have clear-cut, visible gut issues, but it might be hindering or affecting kind of areas of your health and well-being.
1: Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and A member FDSE. And what would you say the most common issues that you see from, from clients that you work with? What are the most common issues that you see when it comes to poor gut health?
0: I think I try and break it down to, or I, I, I really narrow it down to two main issues, one being the balance of bacteria in your gut. So the, the research even shows that this is the most common cause of um, most digestive issues, including constipation, diarrhea, and, and other uh, issues you might have heard of, IBS, SIBO, things like that. So SIBO quite literally meaning small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. So just balance of bacteria that reside within your gut and i know we'll kind of come on to some some things that anyone and everyone can do just like from this very moment to help improve that and then the second being the one we touched on which is the, the the integrity of the lining of your gut so um the example the the way i visually see it is the lining of your gut has lots of little holes in it almost like tunnels that allow you to kind of get what you need from the food that you eat And what can happen is basically these holes are joined together by what's called tight junctions. And if the gut becomes irritated uh, or the, the kind of lining becomes damaged, these tight junctions start to break. And these holes almost, you can almost picture it as these holes get bigger and things pass through that shouldn't otherwise be able to. The key one, I don't want to get too jargony, is called bacterial endotoxin. And this can result in inflammation or an immune response. So they're the kind of two key issues that I see people face and then the third one that people always ask about is bloating and kind of how it how it actually comes about and other than swallowing air by generally eating too quickly it's bloating the most common cause of bloating is just undigested foods arriving in if you will the wrong the wrong that the, the your body hasn't been able to properly digest those foods and when it arrives in your small intestine it can be fed on by uh, bacteria and that just results or uh, that produces gas so that's what bloating basically is so um you think that, that that means that the the factors that kind of affect bloating might be the bacteria that they arrive to it might be your ability to to actually digest that food so everything that came before whether it be your digestive enzymes your stomach acid your ability to actually break down the foods might also be what's called motility which basically is like how quickly or slowly, this food is traveling through your like, through your intestines. So the longer, the slower it takes to pass through, the, the longer the body has to feed on it. So they're the kind of key factors when it comes to bloating. Ime- immediately, mm-hmm. if we were to kind of tick off the, the most important things that people can do for those two key issues, the balance of bacteria in your gut. I like you can almost picture it's just like a scale. You've got the good bacteria on one side and the bad bacteria on the other. So on the good bacteria side of the balance, you want to try and increase the the good bacteria by consuming probiotics. I always recommend natural probiotics, so kimchi, sauerkraut, kombucha, kefir, miso, tempeh, as opposed to a supplement because basically every strain of bacteria has a different function. So one supplement in the shop will have a different function to the one next to it. So kind of going in and grabbing any random willy-nilly supplement might not actually have the intended effect and it could actually have the adverse effect uh that 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 kind of term we used of small intestinal bacterial overgrowth if you're just pumping down some super high t f u probiotic because you've kind of made the connection in your head that probiotics equals like better gut health it, it, it can actually lead to the opposite in some cases so natural probiotics and then prebiotics so things like uh Uh, greener bananas, chicory root, oats, apples, um, things like onions, leeks, and garlic, which also are typically quite difficult to tolerate. And I know this is a really important one, is trying to disassociate what's good for your gut with what can result in digestive issues. So for example, garlic is one of the best foods for your gut because it's a great antifungal, great antimicrobial, great antibacterial, contains prebiotic fiber. But as we all know, When you consume garlic, it tends to lead to the most digestive issues. So it's it's kind of important to, to, I know a lot of people, I put a poll even on social media recently that said, if a food makes you bloat, does that mean it's bad for your gut? And most people actually said yes, but this isn't necessarily the case. You can have foods that are great for your gut, but they still result in bloating. So in these cases, just consume as much as you comfortably can, kind of increasing that over time as your gut health improves. And then something like an elimination diet, which is more so for people that have an actual gut issue. So that's that's the key element of what we do through my coaching on The Gut Reset is that elimination diet where you're just stripping back all of the foods that cause you digestive issues and feeds the bacteria in your gut, including refined sugar. Refined sugar's a massive one. So you think, on, so on the, you're now kind of addressing the bad bacteria side of the balance. So on the good bacteria, probiotics and prebiotics, and then on the bad side, You you just want to strip away everything that feeds it and consume things that are going to kind of help fend it off. So just through those, those kind of simple things which really come down to diet, you just start to tip the balance back to the good bacteria side of the balance, which can get a little bit complicated. And I think it's such an important point to know on elimination diets that every way you read online will tell you to cut out Every food source, they tell you you can't eat meat. They tell you you can't eat carbs. They'll tell you not to eat too much fat. They'll tell you like not to not to eat any natural sugar. And so many people ride me with me, and they have such a small selection of foods that it actually compromises their wider health and well-being. So it really is a case of of taking a bit more of a balanced approach. And in the case of the damaged gut lining, for me, fasting it's such a great way to kind of allow it to heal because you think you're basically just giving it more time throughout the day to just do its thing and and just rest repair and heal Uh, i know for some people uh, a less intensive approach is probably better especially if you can't consume massive meals like if some someone you try to tell someone to eat one meal a day that's got gut issues it's never going to happen because they're never going to eat two and a half plus thousand calories a day in one meal. This is just never going to happen. So for some people, it might just be a couple of hours in the uh, if, like when, after they wake up and a couple of hours before they go to bed just away from food. And then avoiding things that really irritate it. So like too much coffee, especially on an empty stomach, alcohol, drugs, all these things can really irritate and damage the lining of your gut. So they're, they're, they're the real key ones that if if anyone were to take away with them, i would focus on but obviously there's, there's there's ample more that you can do
1: outside of that. so elaborating on that we've obviously covered you know like you said the, the the prebiotics and the probiotics the elimination diet fasting technique however that sort of looks for you but how are there other ways that people could make actionable say positive changes to clean up their gut health
0: yeah i think the the first one that's almost A little bit intuitive is just removing refined, processed, and artificial foods. Uh, I think this is something that anyone can do: is just try and steer towards foods that are more so in their natural state. Um, Especially in the case of things like artificial sweeteners, I know a lot of people try and stay away from sugar by replacing it with artificial sweeteners. And it's it's also not that not really their fault because you see all these gut healthy yogurts that say like no added sugar, but they're actually pumped full of artificial sweeteners so it's basically just as bad as it would have been to have something with kind of natural sugar in it um so it's not necessarily the the fault of people because they're almost being kind of suffering from marketing ploys that are are pulling them from all directions but especially so like i said with artificial sweeteners if you've got like once in a while it's a it might be a great way to just kind of like tackle that sweet craving that you have but if it's part of a daily routine, a classic example is just like if you drink Diet Coke, a couple of cans a day, things like that, that's where it can start to become a bit more of an issue. We've already talked, obviously, about the balance of bacteria in your gut. I think a really important one to note, and this is what people always ask, should I eat meat? Should I go vegan? What should I do on that front? And for me, it really does come down to preference, because regardless of the approach you take, you, you can improve your gut health. And uh, I think for some people, it, like different different approaches work better. Because let's say if you're eating meat, generally most meats other than red meat don't really cause like immediate digestive issues like bloating. So if someone's going on a gut healing journey, it's going to be a lot easier if they consume meat, but it might kind of be a bit more inflammatory. Whereas on the flip side, plant based is usually super high in fiber. It's a lot harder to get your protein in and can be a lot more difficult, although in some cases it can also be better. So that's why I say regardless of what animal products you you consume, just consume a variety of plant-based foods, which is something that anyone can do. It's almost like you picture consume a variety of plant-based foods. And if you want to put that slab of fish or slab of meat on top, then you're going to be perfectly fine. There's much more important things that you can do. Um, I think a nice balance is even like pescatarian is a really nice balance because It's generally super easy to digest, but you can still get your protein in. But it really does come down to preference. Um, I know for a lot of people that are like, I know some of your audience might be a bit more on the high performance side as well. I know it's super important to, if you can try and reduce the intensity of your exercise a bit, this is if you're really suffering from a gut issue, not necessarily if you're just trying to improve your gut health, because Mm -hmm. uh, I know for a lot of people that's there. That's their life. They're, they're, they're a performance athlete. You can't tell them to just cut off the intensity. But if you're if you're really suffering from a gut issue, just taking a, a, the edge off to try and replace some of that hit with something a bit more kind of low intensity can be really useful. Supplements that anyone can take. Magnesium is a great one. Uh, it's not only is it a relaxant, so it helps you sleep if you take it in, kind of in the evening. It helps draw water to the small intestine really great if you have something like constipation as well can help keep you regular if you will um glutamine is a great one for the lining of your gut glutathione and there's the master antioxidant i think that's a, a very a broad one that most people can get away with supplementing and then just things like vitamin c fish flax or algae or these are all kind of widely applicable to, to most people even if you're not suffering from gut tissue And then if you're suffering from something more specific like acid reflux, you can try and take licorice and aloe or something like that. So, um, yeah, I try not to list off too many supplements because some people kind of see that as a shopping list and they go to the shop and they Mm -hmm. buy them all and (laughs) just start start tearing them down, which is really important to know. Um, And then there's just small changes, things like your cooking oil. I was having a conversation with a friend, and for me, there's a point we were having before the podcast, like... I, I have to try and pretend I don't have the context of what I already know. But for me, like seed oils are something that I, I fully stay away from. So vegetable oil or grape oil or something like that is something I personally stay away from. Uh, switching to either olive oil, but ideally ideally not cooking it if it's raw. But like coconut oil it has got great antifungal, great antimicrobial properties. Like a lot of people will find if you have a gut issue, you take a spoon of coconut oil. It can really make you bloat because it's basically like going to work on your digestive system. So switching something like oil, which you might use quite often, for coconut is great. We've already mentioned garlic, ginger, things like that. Um, so these are all these are all things that most people can do. Even like hydration, and that, in- that includes salt. So I'm firmly in the camp that we should consume. I think a lot of people are kind of get a away from having salt. For me, it's, again, it's about balance, but not being kind of afraid of salting your foods. I feel like that's probably a pretty good outlook. You don't even need to go more complex than that. But these are things that most people, like simple switches that most people can make.
1: One thing I did take from that was where you mentioned potentially laying off the high intensity side of exercise. Is that, I just yeah. wanted to ask you, is is that the link to, obviously we have these two sympathetic systems where you have your fight or flight mode. And you also have your rest and digest. Is that the driver to that? So therefore, is another potential way to sort of improve your gut health to work on that down regulation and to improve that because that's one thing that I see a lot is that we live yeah. in this fight or flight mode a lot uh, with life and stress, etc., yeah. etc. And actually having down regulation and getting into that rest and digest, particularly around meal times, potentially is that something that is yeah. relevant?
0: So that that is the key reason why. If, if you're basically, like you said, we've got two modes: fight or flight and rest and digest. And your sympathetic nervous system drives you up into fight or flight, and your parasympathetic nervous system pulls you down into rest and digest. And obviously, it's kind of in the name, rest and digest. When you're in, when you're pulled down into rest and digest mode, that's when your gut health can work at its best. So that's why, for some people, if you have like IBS and you do hit, you're going to leave with a flare up undoubtedly just because your 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 digestive system is almost like shut down a little bit so that's why just tapering off the intensity can be useful but it was a really good point like you says getting better at winding down is super important so i used to have to let's say if i was having a protein shake after a workout you think a workout is kind of fight or flight you you're going at it you're training with a decent amount of intensity because a lot of people, I was so used to leaving, like drinking my protein shake on the way out the door, just guzzling that, guzzling it down, getting the protein yeah. in, and not really thinking anything about it. But then when I had gut issues, I had to just sit down, take a few deep breaths, just like pull myself down into breath and digest mode, if you will. And and then when I drank the protein shake slowly, I was able to tolerate it. So there's a few, there's a lot of things you can do. The simple way I try and think about it is that these practices that help you stay calm in stressful in moments of stress. So like a cold shower or an ice bath, like when your body, you should, you get in there and your body is kind of like freaking out. And then gradually you, you pull yourself down into a calm and relaxed state. You can almost see that as kind of like training your parasympathetic nervous system to wind down. Same with yoga. Yoga is actually like super difficult you're holding these like, really difficult poses and you're trying to stay calm and focus on your breathing. And again, that's retraining really your body to stay calm in what is kind of a stressful state. And the, a, a term that people might have heard of or, or kind of uh, the, basically the vagus nerve or vagal tone is something that is kind of very broadly thrown out there. But basically the vagus nerve makes up 75% of that parasympathetic nervous system that just helps you wind down. And it's also basically a connection between your gut and your brain and every major organ in between. So not only does it kind of help uh, you pull you down into uh, rest and digest mode, it actually helps your body. It sends almost like messages between your major organs and your gut and your brain to tell to help your body regulate its major organs. So. A really clear indication if you have basically vagal tone is the term if you uh, for the functioning of your vagus nerve. If you have high vagal tone, you, your vagus nerve is all good. If you have low vagal tone, it's it's not so great. Um, but a clear sign is if you if you like I I know I found that I used to hold my breath a lot when I had gut issues, or I had, used to have like really short shallow breaths. So your breathing is an immediate indication of kind of how good your body is at just winding itself down. And obviously, your ability to wind down. This is where your hormones are balanced, your immune system is regulated, inflammation is reduced, so, and so much more. Your blood sugar is regulated. Um, so a lot happens when you're in that rest and digest mode. So it's really important to to one see it practice pulling yourself down, and also two, obviously, if you the function or the function of your vagus nerve is affected by your gut health. So it works both ways. Your gut health is affected by how much you kind of bring yourself into rest and digest, but also the health of your gut affects your ability to pull yourself down. So it's, it's a bit of like a like uh, a catch-22. So you kind of have to focus on both angles, like making sure you in a calm and relaxed state and also doing the things that we've listed and trying to work on your gut from the inside out, if you will.
1: And... The sleep play an important part? Obviously, we've kind of mentioned nutrition. We kind of covered just then briefly on stress. So how important is sleep to, to gut health?
0: Yeah. So that's where, I get, again, kind of feeding into the point we just made that that getting into that rest and digest mode is where you have the best quality sleep. It also stimulates kind of recovery. So I think, as we all know, sleep is... Sleep, for me, again, I have to almost, like, for, for, forget I have the context that I have, but for me, sleep is just absolute essential you're, you're just regulating your circadian rhythm is so important and your gut also has its own circadian rhythm that kind of aligns with your, your body's circadian rhythm which obviously is dictated largely by light and dark so if you can picture it as when it gets dark and when your body winds down according to your circadian rhythm your gut almost switches off as well that's when it gets its rest your microbiome gets its rest so that's why it's important not to just eat around the clock and to, and to align yourself with how I feel like we as humans should naturally kind of um, sleep, especially. You think there's a reason why when your blinds are open in the morning, your body wakes up quicker. It's because your body is meant to wake up with natural light, which is how we did before alarm clocks were kind of a thing. And likewise, when it, when it gets dark, that's when we are naturally meant to, to wind down. So it's so it's so important. I think sleep is just an essential. a lot of a lot of times I'll find clients do everything right with their nutrition, they'll they'll do all the finer details, get all their supplements right, and then they won't sleep properly and they'll still work themselves into the grounds, and they really struggle because they're things that are just so, so important. And obviously sleep is so much happens when you're you can almost picture sleep as like the most powerful restorative process that we have so I think it's it's it really just is an essential something that has to be like there regardless of of uh, whether you're trying to improve your gut health or you're kind of going on a gut healing journey.
1: Another thing is I know we mentioned it earlier and we've kind of we've touched on the whole mental side of things but I just wanted to touch on that a little bit more because I feel like generically when gut health spoke about it, it's obviously it's the phys like you said it's the physical sort of side of it it's the bloating it's the IBS it's the potential skin health those sort of things that are the obvious signs but there's this link to mental health like you know the gut is called second brain and i know it's obviously but where it's less tangible it's probably less spoke about so yeah just elaborate on that for us so what is what is the sort of link and how important is it potentially if 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 you are sort of suffering with mental health issues or or that's not in a place it should be how important is looking at your gut health as a potential driver towards that
0: yeah So you can almost picture it as there being a communication line between your gut and your brain that works both ways. So this kind of can massively affect your your cognitive state, so how you think, and also your emotions. So basic research shows that disruption to your microbiome or the function of your gut can affect can lead to anxiety, depressive behaviours. And on the flip side, IBS is previously thought to be psychosomatics are caused by psychological issues. So obviously psychological issues have a massive influence on your gut as well. So it works both ways. And I found this, this was um, a trip, probably the hardest thing for me when I had IBS was that for the first time ever, I had psychological issues that I couldn't necessarily control through meditation, breathing, managing my lifestyle stress. It was a physiological problem in my body that was causing a psychological problem in my brain. And until I overcame that physiological issue being my gut health, I wasn't able to overcome that, that, that poor mental health. And in the case of emotions, like I touched on earlier, your, your gut and the, and the ecosystem within it produce an enormous amount of neuro, neurotransmitters in your body. So serotonin, which basically dictates how happy you feel, and GABA, which controls feelings of fear and anxiety. And the example that I always use that kind of softens people up a bit is that I was, when I had IBS, it was around Christmas time, I was sat having lunch, and a family member had like the Nutcracker on TV, that ballet show. And I was sat there watching it, and I was almost, I almost was like in floods, like starting to get into floods of tears. And in my brain, I was like, what the hell is going on? Like it's, it's great and whatever, but I was just super emotional about everything and I literally couldn't control it. So it's it's so, it's so strange how your body, can, the state your body can get into just through poor gut health. So I was suffering mentally, my emotions were out of whack, my body was in fight or flight so if someone walked in the door behind me my ears would flinch, I would jump out of my skin. So in, in essence, just to keep it very simple, what goes on downstairs affects what goes on upstairs and what goes on upstairs affects what goes on downstairs so it's important to in all cases i know we talk about like so many different things and that's why it's so important to just have that like complete holistic lifestyle outlook trying to not just see it as, as like one magic that's why if anyone tries to offer you the magic pill or like a quick fix for gut health there really isn't one unfortunately because you have to take care of yourself in a kind of holistic manner.
1: So in short, gut health is important, right? Physically and mentally, look after it.
0: Yeah, basically. Yeah, that's <laughs> what it comes down to. And again, it's just it's just not waiting until you have a gut issue to, to start taking it seriously. I think that's the most important thing that I can ever get across because I'd, ra- I'd, uh, I'd rather do podcasts like this and we try and spread the message to, like you said, for people to take a preventative course of action. They never have to go through this situation and have to cure something themselves.
1: Yeah, I love it. So the final question that I want to ask you is, what is the ultimate goal with your personal health? So where do you want to take things for yourself?
0: This is really difficult. Um, <laughs> uh, I still haven't, this is the one point that I, that I haven't really prepped for because I still couldn't really figure it out. For me, health, like I said, it's just that that driving force for how you perform in wider life. So for me, it's, it's my goals are always changing, and I guess a good example is that for for many years I spent a long time trying to get basically bigger, put on more muscle, and then I reached the point at which I didn't really want to put any more on, and I got super demotivated because it wasn't really about that end destination. It was about kind of that journey of getting there. So I'm constantly trying to find new journeys and new ways to just improve myself and it's not necessarily about that end goal it's just like it's quite fun as well it's it's um it's there's worse things to be kind of invested in i've quite an addicted personality for me there's worse things to just be invested in than your health and well-being so always just trying to optimize myself i think right now just with, with work being the main kind of center of my life just trying to see how i can perform best uh and what i do is is super important so i I tend to think about health from much more of kind of just a psychological and a feeling point of view than just kind of how i look and it used to be a bit more about like the aesthetics of it so for me that's what it comes down to as long as i can perform as best as possible in, in in what i want to do that's kind of the ultimate goal
1: love it ben thank you so much for your time mate i do appreciate it
0: no it was a pleasure thanks for having me on